Assalamualaikum, bro. Waalaikum salam. We should probably do the elbows. <laughs> bro, it's, we're way over that, man. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. Bro, one of the brothers was mentioning something about you. He was saying that as time goes on, you're starting to look more and more like Charles Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I don't know. Someone in uh, someone uh, made a poster, and yeah. it was me and Darwin. And Is that something you're going with? I, d- I, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, you know. Darwin used to collect beetles. I used to collect beetles as a uh, as a child. So oh, really? <laughs> there's some similarities there. Yeah. Strange, strange. Strange. One thing that, bro, I wanted to speak to you about is basically uh, with a lot of Dawa figures per se. Like you've become a Dawa figure. I think it's safe to say that over the last um, decade or so, um, giving Dawa, etc. More recently, uh, focusing on atheism, you've had some you know popular debates. Recently, you had a debate at Oxford University. Mashallah was a success. Um, well, I'm sure it was a success. I didn't see it, I'll be honest, <laughs> but I'm sure it was a success because success, athe- atheism doesn't make sense. It's not hard to deal with it. But um, one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you directly is a question that I don't think I've asked you before, which is why? what is your reason for giving da'wah? Like, What's the reason behind why you actually give da'wah? A lot of people, they look up to people like yourself. That's the reason I'm asking this question. Mm. They look up to people like yourself. They see uh, others online um, having debates, defending Islam, etc. Why do you do that? I I believe that there, there are multiple reasons why anybody gives da'wah. And there may be multiple reasons why I give it. But fundamentally, if I was to think about it, because you put me on the spot... It's because I believe Allah wants me to give da'wah. Hmm. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I like to do istikhara before I do things, and da'wah is one of those things that it really stood out for me when I first started practicing. Yeah, and I was studying the Quran and you know doing other stuff, and it was just like there was this. Um, it was almost like Allah was guiding me towards the action. Subhanallah. Yeah. And and that reminds me of you know a lot of people. Um, I don't think they think like that, you know, about what Allah wants you to do in your life. You know, yeah. uh, many of us were given opportunities for different things, right? And um, do we actually like sit down and look at those opportunities and think, what does Allah want me to do with this? Yeah. Because perhaps, bro, Allah Allah was putting things in your path, like coming across Ayra, people like Ustad Hamza, etc., whatnot. Um, so that you can be doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. You know, do do you believe that? Definitely. I mean, uh everything that happens is decreed. Everything is in the qadr, right? Yeah. Um I think we as Muslims should always reflect about what experiences Allah is making us to go through in our life mm. in order for us to learn what Allah wants. It's very important to distinguish between what you're comfortable doing, mm. what you like doing, what Allah wants. Mm. We sometimes, even in our worship, even in as Muslims, we, we decide to do things that we like to do. I would love to, I would absolutely love to spend my time learning and, and becoming a, not, not for the title, but just becoming an expert in the seerah. Right, not so I have a title and I teach it, simply for my own Islam, yeah. right? Because I just love the seerah, I, I love every aspect of it, every story, every nuance. But that's not what I believe uh, 
I should be doing because I don't believe that's what Allah wants me to do. You have to learn it to a basic level, which Alhamdulillah I've done. You have to be in tune with it generally as a Muslim and I believe I'm doing that. But in terms of just focusing, like there was a time in my life where I just wanted to focus on Islamic knowledge. Mm. No dawah, no anything else, just simply learning, 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 tafsir. And uh, it's an endless ocean that you just enjoy you Being know, in, floating yeah. in. Yeah. And as you know, because you're a student of knowledge yourself, that you feel a massive like boost yeah. of not only iman, but, you know, dopamine. You, you feel like, you know, you're progressing, you're learning. You're, you, now you can do this. Now you can do that. Now um, you can uh, understand these sort of concepts. Right. Yeah. And if you look at like you go to me, like I was at your house not too long ago and, you know, your father has a huge collection of books and you're just like wow <laughs> mm. you know and i can see why adnan uh, is just in love with that knowledge because it's just so easy to fall into that that you just do that and nothing else yeah, yeah and yeah. i think we just need to think to ourselves okay what does allah want us to do so in an age of social media in an age in which we can all connect we can all do these types of things i want to do the things which allah wants me to do and i believe dawah is a key thing in that subhanallah well, sometimes also you're put on a path where um, Allah takes you on a journey. You do some good things and then other good things, etc. And then it's possible that eventually you find that main thing that you want to kind of focus on. Uh, what what advice would you give to people listening to us right now who do look up to you and they want to be for? And look, we have to just be real with the way the situation is. When people watch you online, when people uh, not you specifically, but anyone. When people see you online and they see, wow, you're doing this and you're doing that, etc. And inshallah, for a good reason. Like they see that this person's defending Islam, this person's educating people about Islam, clearing up misconceptions about Islam. All of these things, they see it as a good thing and it's a positive thing and it is a good thing. Mm. So in turn, they also want to be like that. They yeah. also want to do that because they see you doing that, etc. What advice would you give people like that? Is there some things that you regret in your journey that you didn't do earlier that you feel like you should have done? Because obviously, I assume when you started your journey, you didn't know you'd be where you are right now. Yeah. Right? Like many of us. That's a very good question. The way I would answer that is the way Sheikh Ahmad Didat Rahimullah answered it, which is read the Quran, understand the Quran and see what Allah is telling you what to do. <laughs> and that for me was so profound when I heard him say it because I know exactly what he's talking about. When you are in tune with the Qur'an, when you immerse yourself in the Qur'an, when you start thinking, okay, so what does Allah want from me? Because remember, what is the Qur'an? Qur'an, when you read it and you reflect about it and ponder about it, it's there to change your heart. It's there to make you think about the world from a different perspective. And I don't think somebody should look at a public figure and say, I want to do that. Hmm. I think they should look at the Qur'an and see what Allah wants them to do. That's the way it should be. It should not be... I see that, so I should do that. Maybe you're not made for that. Maybe if you do that, you um, will over time realize you don't really like doing this and it's not what Allah wanted you mm. to do. And in fact, it doesn't increase your iman. It, you, 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 you may fall into um, uh, a sort of a dislike for mm. Islam even, right? Because you get involved in the world. And some people do this. They get involved and then they join the refutation culture or they join the... You know, uh, they, they they just um, they lack that spirituality, and they just start focusing on 
you know, uh, attacking and, you know, there's various things that can happen. So you always have to recognize what's the best thing that yes. I could do. Yes. And, you know, when I think about when I think about Dawah, I don't think about public figures. I don't think about hijab, Hamza or any of these popular figures. I think about those unnamed people who mm. are at the corner handing out flyers when it's extremely cold. People that are going to the villages in Malawi, going to the villages in Papua New Guinea, in Latin America. This for me is like the bread and butter of the dawah. The people at the top, the inspirational people like Hamza, Hijab and these types of guys, yes, they are they are definitely the art and they're giving dawah and they're doing good stuff. But for me, my heroes are those people, those those people that I've met in, when I've gone to different parts of the world who are making sacrifices which would make most online du'at uh, and of course, I can't speak about everybody, but most online art would look at that and say, you are heroes. And I've seen that. I've seen many, um, you know, Dawah celebrities, whatever you want to call them, pointing at these people and saying, these are the real guys, right? So I think not everybody needs to go down that path and just focus on what you are best at in terms of your skills. Yes, yes. There's, there's actually one advice I was given once, which was a really good advice. And the person said to me, look at what you're good at and go with that. You know, um, it may take a person long to learn a new skill, but what you're already good at, if you focus on that and you go forward with that, let's say you're good at writing, let's say you're good at speaking, let's say you're good at, you know, there's many different Islamic organizations doing different works and they have, they all have this specific niche, right? If everyone was giving da'wah, then we wouldn't have people doing those things as well, right? So that's why organizations like IERA, you know, are very, very important to support organizations like IERA because they are fulfilling that gap, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So you spoke about the people on the street, the people who give dawah on the street. Obviously, recently we've had the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, we've spoken about it before on the podcast as well. And our dawah had to change as IERA yep. in this period, in these few months, because obviously people may have seen the videos, we're going to different villages, mashallah, looks really, really good, looks really nice, nicely edited videos, whatever. But now the situation has changed. Tell us a little bit about the change that's happened over the coronavirus pandemic. So, yeah, that's um, th that's quite a good way of putting it, that you know that we were forced to change and look into what we could do during this pandemic. And of course, face-to-face -face dawah where you can read someone's body language you can read their emotions you can connect with them is is such a powerful form yeah. but then we had to look into other ways of communicating and what we basically discovered in a very short period of time is even before corona yeah. we should have done this because online dawah and uh, through facebook through um, um, advertising on social media is a really effective way of communicating. So as an example, say you're on the street and you're handing out flyers, you're talking to people who say the vast majority of them are not interested. A few are interested, then you have some conversations of the ones, uh, conversations you have, a few conversations where a person is very close to Islam or you have a very good uh, conversation. Online is inverted because mm. you have a large pool of people that we uh, advertise to the vast majority of them ignore it. Um, and from the ones that don't ignore it, yeah. they... Sorry, that was my... <laughs> uh, the ones Sorry. that don't ignore it, they basically um, 
uh, they click on the ad and they get a message and then we get into a conversation and the vast majority of the people who are messaging us they're actually interested yeah. in speaking to us they actually want to talk to us because if someone's messaging you on an online platform they obviously want to know what you're saying yes right if they're taking the time out to message etc so um this is something that we've been doing over the pandemic yes how have the results been for that the first thing i would say is every conversation that we've had from the perspective of someone messaging us barring a few ones right a lot of people are just genuinely curious oh that's a nice picture of clicking on the message or if it's about the uh, uh, maryam alay salam then it's about you know her covering her head and uh, you know the similarities between islam and christianity whatever it is people want to know mm. and people talk and people have questions and it's really interesting that you know social media has allowed us to filter out from the people who are not interested and the people who are interested and then be able to connect with them so in fact yeah. an hour of online dawa you could say maybe i'm going to be corrected by others here you could say is more productive than sometimes 5 hours on the street because the 5 hours on the street you're trying to fish you're trying to get the people who are interested mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. when 1 hour on the online chat are yeah. only the people who are messaging you and exactly. you're replying back to and them if, uh, if someone's messaging you they're interested they're interested they're, yeah, yeah 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 and i'll i'll give you an example of uh, a woman i was speaking to uh, not too long ago a few weeks ago so she messaged on the chat she said she's from the philippines and she said that when the coronavirus hit she was of course in need of uh, food and certain things muslims came and knocked on her door i don't know if they were from the indian subcontinent or where they were from but they were muslims who could not speak english wow so they knocked on the door and they basically gave her um i don't know rice or, or certain things that she could cook and, and so she was so happy she recognized their muslims so she wanted to talk to them yeah they couldn't talk back cuz they couldn't understand english wow so she messaged on the chat and she said i want to know about islam because i wanted to talk to them but i can't talk to talk to them so i want to talk to you subhanallah man. yeah so th- this is very interesting very interesting that a face to face interaction didn't really work out that well but a a a facebook one would did the other thing about this online chat is when you're talking to someone face to face they may have a question like isn't it true in your religion that you know you believe in this um terrorism and you believe in you know these types of things and people don't even give us the chance to basically say islam has nothing to do with terrorism islam has nothing to do with extremism with all this craziness that's happening in the world islam is a peaceful religion we don't even have the opportunity to do that sometimes on the street because people are too scared to ask those questions because mm. you know there's a bearded guy at the table and somebody's there and they're like oh are they going to be offended online nobody has that they'll just ask you directly is this what your religion teaches this is what i've seen on the news is this true and you will have more direct conversations online yeah there's less barriers offline. of course there's yeah. less barriers people introverts are more confident hmm. on the chat and face to face they're not hmm. so yeah it's it's definitely the way forward and we're going to be taking it to new heights this year inshallah um we actually have a massive focus this year on expanding the chat amazing br- bringing on volunteers and doing this stuff so you you're referring it to uh, to as the chat so this is basically an online platform yeah one reason chat yeah one read the one reason chat um where people can message and uh, we've spoken about it before on the rebooted podcast where people can basically message and 
find out anything they want to know about Islam yeah. and if they want to take this shahada become a Muslim etc that is also facilitated for them through online yeah basically yeah and alhamdulillah we've had people coming to Islam through the chat we've had many people accept Islam through the chat amazing um, it, the, the interesting thing is uh, the, the amount of conversations that we've had yeah which are detailed wow like when I go into the chat and I scroll up there's like points 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 and then the person doesn't message back for a few hours because I don't know they went off then they another that year comes and then they speak and you're like wow they're having such long conversations right um so for me it's it's the amount of people that have got the message of Islam in detail mm. is phenomenal and of course the shahadas help they they, they give you that motivation yeah, yeah. but for me of course as, as Muslims as, as a DAO organization our KPI our key performance indicator is how many people have we conveyed the message to and from that perspective the one reason chat is very successful that's amazing honestly that's amazing because uh, I, I know about the chat um, but even thinking about it that really does make sense what you're saying where people are coming etc and it's. I think that you know, with online dawah, many people. I, I presume you know, isn't it? Isn't it the case that many people, many duat have tried to give dawah to non-Muslims through online? Yeah. Like perhaps we've tried to make videos or you know posts that are specifically targeted at non-Muslims, and and they don't work. You know. Well, I wouldn't say they don't work. I would say they're not. They're not measurable. I would say they work, but they're not measurable. No, but I'm saying like, for example, if someone like me wanted to make a video right now and I made a video on my channel for not, for non-Muslims, but perhaps the majority of people that would watch that are Muslims. But, but with this, what's very interesting is it's specifically for non-Muslims yes. that message that are interested. Yeah, there's definitely that. Um, the way I would put it is hmm. even talking to Muslim uh, Muslims who've accepted Islam, Without the one reason chat, just online videos, the various dawah videos that are there, people do learn about Islam. The issue is, it's very hard to see what video, how much, um, how many percentage of the people watching are non-Muslim, yeah. how many people took shahada from it, how yeah. many people got the message from it. And you can have a video with a, say, standard video with about 10,000 views. It could be all Muslims or it could be 20% non-Muslims in which 5% accept Islam. You have no idea. Yeah. The great thing about the one reason chat is we can no, it's measure direct, it. bro. We can measure because it. Because yeah. through a post, you're not, you can't speak to There's no back and forth. It's, it's not really, really going to happen. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good fish. It's, it's a good hook to bring people in. Exactly. It's exactly. definitely a good hook to bring But this is in. the actual substance now where you're giving people. And alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm very, very happy you know, that we're speaking about this, uh, about the fact that we've launched this online chat, etc. And... Um, where people can basically refer people to as well. So if there's anyone watching and they wanted to refer, let's say, a non-Muslim friend to this chat, how would they go about doing that? Well, um, they can simply go to onereason.org. Okay. They can message there or to the um, IRA English uh, um, IRA English chat page. Uh, we can put the description in, in the yeah. video. And, you know, they, they could do that. The main thing is... You can refer your friends to it, but if your friend's interested, just don't say that, okay, come to the chat. The chat can be supplementary. Speak to that person yourself. Yeah, yeah. The main way that the chat is being utilized at the moment is to target people who are, say, at the moment, most of us are going through this uh, zombie scrolling mode, especially during the lockdown, yeah, yeah. where we have a very high tolerance of dopamine. We're continuously scrolling through our Facebooks. And you see the most random things. You see... 
um, adverts of products you will never buy. Then you have a, cat, a funny cat video. Then you have a sad story of a murder case being resolved and all these random things coming up. Within that, you will see... A man that looks like Darwin. <laughs> you will basically see um, something like Purpose of Life yeah. or this or that. And you see the advert. Yeah. You simply click on it and you will be able to connect with somebody straight away. Yeah. And what it looks like is quite interesting. On the user end of things, it just looks like you just clicked on an ad and you're just talking to somebody. They have no idea on the other end. There's a full-time team that's thought about the processes of what happens, how do you talk to them, yeah, how do you communicate Islam to them, what happens if, you, if they accept Islam, um, how do we do a follow-up. This entire science is behind this and they have no idea. They just think they're talking to somebody. And you know, there's there's a lot of thinking behind it. It's amazing. It's amazing that, um, alhamdulillah, as an organization, I was using different means. Yeah. I think this was an excellent idea, you know, um, to take the DAO online, etc., um, and 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 try and speak to people more directly on that level. You've you've had debates and and um, interactions on a level where you're not really speaking to people that are receptive to Islam. You're speaking to people who are at times challenging it, right? How would you compare those interactions with interactions you've had in places like the Philippines or, you know, um, the online Africa, chat. the online chat, etc.? Yeah. What's the comparison here? So, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. What I would say is where you're talking to somebody in a village in Africa, in Latin America, or online chat, or a street dawah table in the UK, that for me is the bread and butter of dawah. That is what that was about. Okay. You speak with compassion that's and reason. calling people. Yeah, that's what it is. Debates and these academic discussions and this type of stuff, that's really a few nuanced topics that you're covering and you're trying to show that is coherent. For me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that dawa per se. I would say that is a type of dawa, but it's a very niche particular type yeah, yeah, yeah. for which... It, it's kind of irrelevant for the vast majority of people, right? Okay. So if if, I, if say, for example, my debate with Cosmic Skeptic or Aaron so? Rao, the, I think for the vast majority of people, that is, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing which people are following and they see. But this is the call, the basic message That's of Islam, sure. the basic go-rap, the basic stuff. But I think that, um, what do you think, what, what would you say then about people who, Really enjoy because because I would I would say that majority of people perhaps in this day and age enjoy watching things like debates, confrontations, and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't believe they enjoy it for the reason of learning. Yeah, that's the point. Do you get? That's it? the point. See, yeah. see, see. That's the, the the whole problem is it's kind of like a halal entertainment. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, people do learn, but Definitely. that's incidentally. The main thing, for example, if you have a debate with a with an atheist, right, a speaker's corner or a formal debate, if he's a pushover and he's not putting up resistance yeah. and you win the debate, yeah. people aren't really interested. They're like, oh. But when it's like an opponent who's like putting up a fight, it's going back and forth. You it's, know, it's nice to watch. That's yeah. that's that's why people watch the stuff. It's not really basically. And if yeah. you it, like, sometimes people For come people. up to me and they say, "Oh, you know, you did really well in this debate or whatever." I don't do this, but I can simply ask them, like, "What did you learn about what, the interaction?" I'm pretty sure the vast majority of them would not know what it was about, would not know what the detailed arguments are, what the point of the debate was. <laughs> it's just the way it sounds, the way it looks, and woo, it looks like we're winning, yeah? yeah? 
which is fine and good and it has its place for motivation and this type of stuff but it's niche it's niche it's not the core the core of the dawah is it's this. niche even though it's so popular yeah because remember why do people watch these discussions and I, no they, they they do have an impact they do have an impact when yeah. you like for example the discussions that i believe the way they have an impact forgive me um for coming in but like would you agree with my 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 statement if i said they have an impact to give Muslims confidence. Yes, and, and absolutely. Stuff absolutely. like that. But I would say at the same time, the online discussions that take place, which aren't debates, which is like a general discussion with visitors that comes to Speaker's Corner. Um, and you, you find these videos. And you can also find them on the street dawah level where somebody's talking. Those are very good for basic education. And they're also very good to give the message of some. So I would take those videos and I'd put them here. But those nuanced academic, those types of ones... Those, I think, they have far more popularity than the actual, um, the actual impact on, uh, that mm. they have from a grassroots perspective. Because mm. in reality, you know, take the debate that I did with Aaron Ra. How is that technically something that a non-Muslim will watch and say, Ashhadu Allah, ilaha illallah. <laughs> like, they would say, yeah, okay, he defended philosophy of science and using that you can undermine this. It won't be like direct, direct. So this is why, you know, when people are looking up to figures... Uh, public dawah figures and they're like you know I want to be like that person I want to say to them no you should try and be like these people because <laughs> this is the core of the dawah and that's what we need yeah. that's essentially what we need we I like to consider these activities that I get involved in as potentially leading to far more ajr than these activities because mm. of the directness because of the sometimes um, you know the the hidden nature of it that you know it doesn't get that Online, much publicity yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. And inshallah, it's more sincere as well because you know you're just doing one to one interactions with non-Muslims. Most definitely, bro, bro Sabur, it's been really really good having you on the podcast again. Um, it's definitely not going to be your last time, I'm sure. Um, but I wanted to ask you for any final words. You know, um, mashallah, you ha- have a very important role in the organization. You manage um, the global outreach. Uh, Officers, basically, is mm. that what the uh, outreach yeah. specialists, yeah. global outreach specialists, etc. Uh, what is one advice you'd give to someone watching uh, who who maybe let's say is interested in learning more about Islam? Because we have had some non-Muslims watching us. Yeah. So, what would you say about such a person or to such a person? I would say be sincere, and sincerity is a requirement for you to arrive at the truth. And it sounds really simple, but I would not put it any other way. Well, I think that is that is that is a very good way to put it because if you sincerely call upon Allah, if you sincerely call upon God, most definitely He will guide you. It's if you're sincere, though, Absolutely. you have to be sincere. And um, yeah, guys, we're gonna leave it at that. Jazakallah khairan, subur. Guys, he's only doing this for the camera. <laughs> no, that's Obviously, not true. He's gonna <laughs> yes, <man. laughs> so, brothers and sisters, Jazakumullah khairan for watching this episode of Rerooted with Subur Ahmed. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel down below and watch out for any upcoming episodes. Take care of yourselves. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Peace. Dum, 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 bow, shum, shum, shum.